My name is Kevin Tony, and this is the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. And we're continuing on with our third installment in the Father's Day series. It's been a good, uh, it's been a good start, uh, to the, to the series. And I'm, I'm pleased with what, what we've heard, uh, so far from our previous guests. So today, uh, is going to be very special because for this edition of the Father's Day series, I have the privilege of bringing to the audience the father that has inspired me the most in my journey to being a great dad. Everyone, please welcome my father to the podcast, Big Papa Keith Tony. Hey, Dad. Hey there. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. How you doing, son? I'm doing good. So I've been doing this uh, Father's Day series and talking to all the great dads that, you know, have influenced me or I have respect, and I couldn't do it without talking to you uh, because, you know, our relationship is what it is, and you've been, you know, what I think the blueprint for what a great dad should be uh, for me and to a lot of other people. Um, <clears throat> just to give you an idea, I will tell you that uh, David Felton in his interview, he also talked about how much of an influence you were on how he raised his children. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so, I just we just gonna have a conversation, and uh, I just want to get your perspective, and you know you can share some of your thoughts about you know what what it's been like for you being a dad of four, um, not just a father but a grandfather also, and so okay, okay. I, I'll start with this question. This this is the question that I started you know everybody off with on the. Um, on the podcast is what has being a father meant to you? Oh, well, I'm so honored to, to be a father. Uh, I've always prided myself in being a good father. I made it my business to be close to all my children. I knew how important that was to me. Uh, I grew up in a home where uh, my dad, he was, a great provider, mm-hmm. and he he grew up uh, very poor. Uh, they didn't even have hardly food to eat. And he said that when he had kids, they would want for nothing. And I must say that uh, my sister and I, we had uh, material things, but uh, my relationship with him wasn't what. I, what I wanted, what I desired. Uh, and I knew that was important to me, so I made sure that all my kids had that. My dad, he worked two jobs all my life. 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. all I know is him just working, working, working to be a great provider. And, I mean, my sister and I, we had so many material things. We had vacations. Uh, I remember every Friday growing up was steak night or fish. I mean, we ate good square meals every day. My dad, uh, he was a, a great provider, and I appreciate that in him. However, a big piece was missing out of that uh, part of growing up, the relationship, the closeness that uh, a kid needs with the father. So I made sure that uh, you and your sisters, that I was there for you uh, in every area. I did my best. But just being close. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm listening to you. Yeah. And just being uh, close to you guys uh, really gave me a sense of fulfillment that I had done my my duty. Uh, As far as when you guys were like babies, just growing up, I I made sure I was there uh, changing diapers. I was very present in the home. I can remember just getting on the floor, wrestling around with you guys, letting you jump on me, uh, just just having a ball. And that's what I missed out growing up. I missed out on that. Uh, that one, that one-on-one uh, part of uh, the growing process. So Papa was home, but it was almost like he wasn't home. Uh, actually, Papa was wasn't home. I mean, he was home in the sense that he lived in the house. Uh, One thing my parents made sure every day we had to have dinner together at six o'clock. I have friends to this very day that would tease me because I could be in the middle of shooting basketball and I ask someone, what time is it? They say it's like five minutes after six. I would throw the ball and make a beeline home because we had to be Mm -hmm. around the dinner table at six every single day, except the weekends you were on your own. Mm. So my my dad, he did, uh, his lunch hour was at six o'clock. So my mother had dinner prepared at six every day. So they, they made sure that we sat down as a family. We did some things together, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, as far as, uh, playing ball and, and just doing things that father and sons do fishing and hunting, uh, I didn't have none of that. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and 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 what you know the the what you mentioned about how you know Papa provided for y'all uh, and made sure you that you guys had you know steak night or fish night on Friday night. That wasn't that was uncommon in our community. You know, in the fifties and sixties. And and yeah. you and know, seventies, you know, yeah. and so yeah. <clears throat> because he had you know such a a hard work ethic, you know he he didn't want to you know he was trying to fill you know a deficit you know he saw a need where he said you know what I'm not gonna let my kids go through this so this is what I this is what I want to do to make sure that that doesn't happen and that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that caused in you, you know, through through that 
you know, that being his motivation, you recognize what was missing. And you made your own declaration that when you had your kids, that you were going to work to try to balance both, where yeah. you were present. And and then we also had, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, you had growing up as a kid. Yes, absolutely. I remember my dad telling me that it was many days that he was hungry and the people upstairs from him, they had food all the time and he would go upstairs and they would offer him something to eat and he would not take it because of his pride. Mm. He would not take it at all. And I remember one time that uh, I went to my friend's house and his mother offered me dinner and I accepted the invitation and somehow <laughs> something got caught in my tooth and I got a toothache from it. And I went home and when I told my dad I had dinner with them, he was livid. He didn't like that. Not at all. Because it made it look like that we didn't have food to eat at home. Why would you go and eat at someone else's table? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like you said, I just tried to make sure that you all had a balance. That was very important to me. Yeah. And and um, you did that because I remember, you know, growing up, I don't remember a lot about, you know, obviously the early years in terms of, I have some memories of, you know, um, Newcastle, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there was some, some milestone moments when we lived in Romulus, you know, where I remember a lot of things happening um, there that, you know, you were involved. I remember you teaching me how to ride my bike, you know, up and down the, uh, the dead end street we lived on. Right. Um, You did the same thing with, you know, my sisters. And um, I just remember you, you know, even though I knew, I didn't really know what kind of work you did. I knew you you worked at High Dramatic. I didn't know what that was, but I knew it was a plant. And um, you got up and you went every day. You came home every day. Uh, And I knew that you had a side side gig at the hair salon that you used to do on the weekend sometimes. Yeah. And so, but I remember, you know, most the, the bulk of my memories um, start from when we lived on Rickman Drive and we moved to Belleville. Okay. And that was when the group home started. You opened the group home, the first group home, and I remember you quit working at the plant and you went full time into um working at the group homes and trying to get those up and running and and um uh, and even then I remember that you were gone but you weren't gone any more than you were when you were working at the plant. So it didn't feel like anything had really changed yeah. until you really got the group homes running. Uh, and you had it at a good pace where you had a good staff that you could depend on. And then I, you know, would notice that you were home more, like you were around more. Like we knew where you were. Uh, if you went out, you know, you typically weren't gone that long, take care, taking care of business and whatnot. So, you know, most, just about all of my memories from, uh, I was in third grade when we moved to Belleville. 
And so from third grade up through, you know, when I graduated from high school, uh, you always around, you know, um, or always accessible, you know, um, and we did a lot. You provided a lot for us. And so, um, it was was important for us to do family things together. I can remember you guys, uh, having, uh, this is when I worked in the plant. I can remember you guys having, uh, school programs during the school hours. And I would tell my supervisor I need to leave early because my son or my daughter, they're in a play. And mm-hmm. I want them to look out in the audience and see my face. Right. I want to be there for them. I remember uh, doing things like that. We always did family things together. I remember uh, one time you were very upset with me because uh, it was on a Friday night. It was a basketball night. It was a big game, and you wanted to go. And mm-hmm. I, told you, I told you no because the girls are in a concert, and it's, it's going on at the same time, and we have to be there to support them. <laughs> <laughs> and you were so mad at me, but, hey, I didn't care. <laughs> we We did things as a family. We supported each other as a family. When you played a game, we would always be in the, in the bleachers rooting for you. Mm-hmm. I, made, I made sure that happened. Because yeah. That, that was very important uh, to make sure that we were sticking together as a family. Yeah, we did. We, we did a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff together, um, everything. You know, I remember that, you know, y'all were involved and – it was funny because I um we were having a conversation around the dinner table here um a few nights a few nights ago because um we decided to you know because we we appreciated the work that Carson's teacher did with him through first grade you know me and Valerie we gave her um a thank you card and a gift card um for her yeah. because you know, we wanted her to, to feel appreciated. And I remember telling, we were having a conversation around the table, and I was just talking about how different things were are now as compared to how they were back then. And I told I told them, I said, I don't remember my mom or dad, like, having a lot of communication with my teachers at school when I was coming up because it just really didn't happen unless there was something – that had to be like a disciplinarian thing, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, we didn't get in trouble uh, in school, not, you know, not really a lot at all. Right. Um, so you guys went for, I remember you guys going for the regular parent-teacher conferences. I do remember one time where you couldn't go to the parent-teacher conference, but mom went, um, she went with me. I, don't, I think you had something to do with the group home. Um, but it was always a matter of one or the other was, was going to be present, but, but the, the typical routine was both you and mom were, were there, uh, to support us in whatever we were doing. And, you know, we, we've been the same way, you know, I've, I've tried to, to model a lot of that to be present and, 
you know, I don't know any other way to be. And um, it's just, I guess you get, you get used to, you know, certain things and they just become natural. And so like, it's natural for me to be in the house or for, you know, my children to know where I'm at or know how to get a hold of me, you know, if they need something and that we support everything that they do. And, you know, I got that from you. I got that from, you know, what, uh, what I saw, what I experienced, you know, and just, you know, different things that I saw you do, you know, growing up. Yeah. Think things that I didn't like at the time, you know, um, that I really didn't understand because I was, you know, so young, but I knew that you were exposing me to things that, you know, would build character in me and would help me later on in life. Like, you know, making me do yard work when I didn't feel like doing it, you know, yeah, getting uh, up on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Getting up on Saturday morning. Um, you know, the yard work, I mean, you know, as I got older, you know, my chores, you know, changed. And I just remember being, you know, feeling a certain kind of way. <clears throat> but now that, you know, I look at Carson like, yeah, so dad was teaching me discipline. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, he, he was teaching me to be, you know, disciplined. And that's what I've been talking to Carson about the last couple of weeks is like, hey, you know, you, you're getting ready to be seven years old. It's time for you to start learning some degree of discipline um, in a lot of things. And I told him, I said, you're not going to like it at first, but when you get older, you'll understand why you had to do it because it was the same way for me. And I had, I I found a lot of value in that. And so um, when you looked at, when when you looked at um how you know papa was uh i'm gonna use the phrase he was around but he wasn't he was he was present but he was absent at the same time and did you guys ever have like as you got older and he started seeing how involved you were in our lives did y'all ever have a discussion about that no actually we didn't we we really didn't. She could just see that the difference. I'm sure he could see the difference that uh, yeah. how I treated you guys and how he treated me. Not that he was mistreating me. He did his best. I will give him that. Yeah. He, he did his best. I mean, what can I say? Uh, I turned out to be a good guy, a respectful mm-hmm. guy. You know what I'm saying? So he did instill some principles in me, but I wanted you guys to have more. Right. And that's what I focused in on, your emotional support. Right. You know, that that was important to me. And I see it in you and your sisters on a regular basis. And it just gives me a joy. You know, it thrills my mm-hmm. heart. I feel so successful when I see how uh, – good you guys are with your family. And yeah. that was my, that was my goal to break that cycle. Right. Because my father, he didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. And you can only you have to lead by example, but sometimes you have to make the example. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So, and he didn't he didn't know how to do that. No, no, he didn't. He didn't have nothing to look to. His father died very young, and his aunt raised them up. So mm-hmm. uh, he missed out on a lot. And yeah. I, I recognized yeah. that. I, I just went on what I didn't have and what I needed as a kid. I said, I want to give this to my kids. And that's why I made it my business to be close to you all, to be involved in your lives, you know, just to, to support you in any way uh, that I could. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and you, you did that. You didn't – you supported us uh, – and you were you were involved, extremely involved, but you weren't like uh like they have the this phrase now um that's kind of gotten popular over the last couple of years where they call helicopter parents, and these are parents that are constantly hovering over their children, you know they're involved, but they're also kind of like not really giving their their kids room to do things or do, you know, make mistakes and so on and so forth. And y'all didn't do that. Y'all, you guys, you guys gave us our room to make mistakes. Uh, Even though we didn't make that many, but you, you guys had a great balance of, you know, being, being there, but kind of letting us, you know, figure things out for ourselves um, and then if it got too, you know, too much, then you would come in and and help, you know, if you needed to. But um, at least, you know, for me, I think maybe it was maybe, you know, the girls would say something different. But um, because they were girls, because I remember that there were certain liberties that I had being the only boy that the kid that the girls didn't, you know. And one of the things that I remember mostly was. When I started getting older in high school in my teenage years and hanging out, um, we had curfew. Uh, Janelle had a curfew. I had a curfew. But the rule that you gave me was, if you're going to be late, call and let me know. And I would be out with, you know, some of the guys from church and – when curfew would be coming up, I would say, Hey, I need to call my dad. And I would call you and say, Hey, I'm going to be late. And you would say, all right, thanks for calling. Just get home when you can and be careful. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for Janelle, it was, if, if she was coming up on curfew, it was, you better get here as soon as you can because (laughs) you, you know, and I, I think that, I don't think you were doing that, you know, because you were trying to be, you know, mean, but it was a, just a different dynamic and, you know, um, it was a different dynamic, you know, you know, between us. And fathers feel different about their daughters. Yeah, exactly. They're more exactly. protective. You, yeah. You'll like that with McKenna and Carson as, right. as we get older. Right. Yeah, I can see it now. You know what I mean? To tell you the truth, like certain things that I don't, you know, I can just see me now like looking at her like, well, you know, she's only three years old, but I know now that, you know, there's certain stuff that I'm already saying I'm going to keep her away from or certain limitations that she'll have that, you know, Carson won't um, just because we had to parent them differently, even though we love them the same. Yeah. Um, So, 
just thinking about, you know, the collective years that you have, you know, between the four of us and looking at how you, how you raised us, you know, we were extremely involved in church. That was like, you know, church was the bedrock of our, of our uh, family. And that was the foundation. yeah, we were there, you know, um, anywhere between four, three to three to five days, three to five nights a week, you know, just being involved with different things. And, you know, even though we were heavily involved in church, um, we still find time to do family stuff like, you know, family trips, vacations, the summertime, stuff like that. Looking back I remember, at, I remember the, one year, uh, I thought about it. I said, uh, well, I had a friend, and she said, the only vacation that we have is going to the convention. We just go to the convention every year. And I thought about us. I said, wow. I told, I told your mom, I said, I'm going to tell the kids that uh, we're going to do something different this year. We're not going to go to the convention. We're going to, we're going to, uh, I think it was, I wanted, uh, kind of tour through Canada. Uh-huh. When, I, when I told you guys we were not going to the convention, you all had a fit. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no, we want to go to the convention. We want to go to the convention. But I just wanted to give you all a chance. Yeah. And, and I didn't want that to be your testimony. That's all you all went. Even though we went other places, I just wanted uh, wanted to give you an option. Right. <clears throat> and so what do do you remember? Did we end up going to Canada or did we go to the convention? We went to the convention. That's where you all wanted to go. That's where you, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Yep, so we ended up going. But we did go to Canada. <laughs> We've been there yeah. before. Yeah, I remember going to Wheel Wheel's End. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Um Yeah, and and I think for us you know, that was a, the, the convention was a, because we were so, you know, for anybody that's listening, we're talking about the PAW conventions that used to happen every July and August, end of July, beginning of August, every year, you know, back in the 90s, um, 80s and 90s. Uh, we, that was a, we used to look forward to that. We knew in the summertime when school was out, whatever city the convention was in, that we were going to go. And we got to go to a lot of cities um, that we hadn't been to before um, and and traveling there. And it was just, it was fun for us because, you know, everybody got something out of convention. You know, you saw your friends from, from church locally. You made friends with people from other churches in other cities. And, you know, we we had, we just had a good time and it was good for you and mom because, you know, it just was, you know, good service, good fellowship. We got to eat good food while we were there. And it was just, it was nice. It was nice for us. So I think we were okay with that because it's what we were used to. And then we always knew we did other stuff too. Right. Right. I want to go back to something. Something just came uh, to my mind. Uh, I can remember, uh, Material things don't don't mean anything to me. I mean, they they really don't. I appreciate them, but I can remember my father buying a, a, a brand new Lincoln in 1973. Mm-hmm. We went down to the dealership 
and picked it up on Saturday. And he let me drive it to school that Monday, that Monday. Oh, wow. Yep, yep. And he would let my sister and I drive his car just like I let you guys drive our mm-hmm. cars. And back then, parents did not let their kids drive. Right. Especially a car like that. So, uh, you know, material things was, were was never just a, a big deal to me, you know. Right. And what I had to drive, you guys drove it. Yeah. Without question, without question. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. You used to, when I remember you giving us driving lessons around our neighborhood. You know, yeah. I remember when you did Janelle. I remember when I went uh, and we would kind of drive around our neighborhood. You were preparing us for, you know, taking our driver's test and getting our license and stuff. And then when we got our license, uh, you used to give us, you trusted us enough to let us run errands, stuff, you know, if you needed something, we could get it for you. Right. Uh, and it wasn't an issue, like, you know, driving to school for something if we needed to go. Um, it just, you know, it was always, it was there. And I, I know that I had, you know, I, I was able to do things that, you know, my friends' parents didn't let them do. Mm-hmm. And um, not just my friends at church, but my friends at school as well. And, right. you know, I remember that, you know, a lot of my friends in school, um, they saw the neighborhood we lived in, you know, uh, a few of them had a chance to, to come to my house and, and hang out. You know, some of my friends from, uh, I'll say they came from, you know, broken homes because <clears throat> their dad wasn't in the house or what have you. And they they would see our neighborhood and see our house and see our family, and, and they thought that we were rich. And I used to get teased at school sometimes. You know, they used to they used to make fun of us, and, you know, they would say that we were like the Huxtables and, you know, so on and so forth. But they used to kind of make it like it was a, a you know, like it was a bad thing. And, I mean, it, you know, it didn't bother me too much, but I didn't get – you know, I didn't get what they meant by that, but um, I figured it out, you know, as I got older. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, that they were just kind of, they weren't used to seeing that. And they, it wasn't a, it wasn't their reality. You know, their reality was not knowing who their father was, not having him in the house, not being, you know, the difference between them, like, whereas with you, you know, Papa was home, but he was working so much. It was like he wasn't home. Like these were kids that their dad was neither. You know, they just or you know, assuming they even knew who he was. Right. Um, and we always welcome your friends over. I mean, they all the time. Come over to the house. I mean, you know, we yeah. them like like they were our kids. They loved us, and we loved them. Yeah. You know, our house was kind of like the hangout, and I I loved it. Yeah, it was. You guys were. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, If you had to go back, you know, looking looking at what you've accomplished in terms of you know raising us, uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself if you could if you could go back and talk to, you know, uh, talk to yourself like let's just say like 1985. That's after. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm I'm born, Janelle's born, Crystal's I think is is here too. Yeah. Uh, what what advice would you give yourself? I would talk to you guys more about uh planning. Mhm. Uh, financial planning. Right. Uh, yeah, uh that kind of thing I I would uh uh focus in on. Uh just just in that area. Right. Yeah. Because you had the bases pretty much covered, you know, for the most part. I mean, I know there's no, there was no, uh, Davis, Davis said, again, I'm going to reference him, but he said that, you know, there's no manual for being a father. You just get into it and you do the best that you can. Right. You know, there's no book to help you, you know, um, you know, give you instructions on how to handle everything. You just have to kind of be hands-on and, and figure it out. Um, and just pray that you're making the right decisions. And, you know, I think you did that. I think my sisters would agree um, that, you know, you you guys were there and you, you kind of created a – you kind of gave us, uh, like, the reality that we had is, like, it, anything less – for us is kind of, it just seems strange, you know what I mean, for our, for our own lives and the relationships that we have, you know, with people. And when I met Valerie, um, it was important to me, you know, that, she, you know, her father was in her life and he was involved um, with her. And, you know, it just showed me that, okay, well, she's used to having her dad around. So, you know, I'm not getting somebody that, you know, is kind of damaged in that area. Right. Uh, and so that was that was very important. And it was it just meant something to me. And I know that, you know, my my sisters would say the same thing. Like they wanted they there was a blueprint or a frame of reference for what, you know, the father should be in the home. Um, and so. If um so so you said that if you had to give yourself some advice you would say you would kind of tell yourself to talk more about you know be more be more uh intentional about making sure that we had some sort of uh financial knowledge uh or understanding of you know how to to manage our money and and take care of ourselves is it anything else that you can think of that you would say like is it anything that you would do differently like uh, any situations you can think of, like you know what, I didn't handle that right. I should have done this, and you know I would have done this differently. Uh, let me see. Uh, to tell the truth, I think if I had to do it all over again, I would pretty much do it the same way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I look at you kids, and you guys are successful, so I didn't, I didn't go wrong. You know what I'm saying? I was I was on the right on the right path and uh you know, I, I appreciate uh your spouse, your wife, uh she she's a uh a fine a fine young lady. She reminds me so much of your mom mm. as far as uh taking care of you guys, uh taking care of the children. Uh 
you made an excellent choice. And you know what? I think that between that and you being led, being prayerful, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to, to pray and ask God to give you some direction for a wife. Right. You know, and I, yeah. I see your family, man. I look at your family. I'm like, wow, wow. Look at Kevin. <laughs> Turn out to be just like his dad. <laughs> a great family man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like, you know, I think that um, if if you're not, if you know, sons who don't want to emulate their father in some kind of way, if they have a relationship with their father in some kind of way, then to me that you know something there's some there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And <clears throat> let me ask you a, a question right quick. Hmm. Is there something that you wish I would have done? Is it something that uh, maybe uh, I could have su- su- supported more in your life than more of uh, Or No. I've done differently. No, I mean to be honest, you know, we we had a I, at least for me, you know, and I don't want to speak for you know, my sisters, but for me, um, I would say no. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that, that, um, I would, I would change because you guys, you and mom, you gave us everything that y'all had and you drew from, you know, everything that, you know, your own personal experience and whatever you didn't know, um, to teach us you kind of left it up to, you know, God to give us some leadership uh, in that area, yeah. in, in those different areas. And so um, I think I, I feel like I was the first person that was able to kind of test that, test test out that theory because I was the first person to, to leave home and live, and live on my own, you know, independently, not dependent on anybody else. Right. Um. And it was a lot of trial and error, you know, in those times when I left for college. And um, it was it was hard for me to to leave home, uh, but it was it was a good thing, and I know it was the right decision. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change anything. And I think that, you know, because I had a frame of reference from you and from mom, like I knew how to carry myself. You know, I knew how to be respectful. Uh, you taught you taught me, you know, just you know how to take care of myself. You know, the the like some of the things that, you know, my favorite memories were. Uh, I used to love it when you would take me suit shopping with you. When okay. <laughs> you used to go uh, <clears throat> to suit shop. You go suit shopping, and we used to go to you know, uh, men's warehouse on Michigan Ave in Dearborn. And, uh, I used to love it. I used to love, you know, when you went in there, I used to, I used to love because I, you know, you dress nice. You know, I used to love to get in your closet when you weren't looking, wear your (laughs) shirts to school, uh, you know, to sneak and wear your cologne, um, to school and, uh, just, you know, different things like, you know, because 
even now, like you still, you still a dresser, you know, you, you dress and, you know, your appearance has always been important to you. And that's something that has been instilled in me. I mean, I used to love going to the barbershop when you used to take me to the barbershop and that yeah. was a good little outing for us. Um, and you're and doing the same. That. You're doing the same with Carson. Yeah, I love I love going to the barbershop with him. Um, yeah. And he doesn't get it. I mean, he's he's like I was. He just looked at it as, you know, most of the time he's like, do we really have to be here? Because he'd rather be at home doing something. And I'm sure I probably was like that too uh, sometimes. But I do remember. Uh, as I got older, like I used to look forward to those trips to the barbershop because I liked yeah. being in that environment. You know, I knew it meant I was going to have a nice haircut and I was going, you know, look nice and make me feel better. Um, and I got, I got that from you in terms of that, you know, my work ethic in terms of, you know, uh, I remember when I first started, when you first taught me how to cut the grass at the house, Okay. And how how much I hated it. Like I hated cutting the grass and I hated doing the yard. Um, but as the years went on, you know, years of me doing the grass and mowing the lawn, you know, I started to, I started, you know, towards the end, I started to really love it because, you know, I took pride in trying to make the yard look nice. I wanted the backyard to look nice and you know, the front yard. I remember when the island got put in in the front with the fountain and, you know, that was a big deal to me to make sure that that grass looked nice in the front to match right, right, how right. nice, the, you know, the fountain looked. And so it it became a thing where <clears throat> in the beginning I would just get the lawnmower out and just start cutting, you know, and I really didn't, I really didn't care if it looked nice or not. I just wanted to get it over with because it was Saturday morning. It was the summertime and I was out of school or, or what have you. And I was ready to just get on with playing with my friends or doing whatever I had to do. And, um, it takes Danny to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You guys up on Saturday morning, take care of the line. <laughs> yep. And I remember, uh, when I used to have sleepovers, um, if I had a sleepover in the summertime, you know, I knew I had to do, if somebody slept over on Friday night, I knew I had to do cut the grass on Saturday morning. So I knew my friends would have to wait until I got finished before we could yeah. do whatever we were going to do on Saturday morning. So I wanted to hurry up and get it out the way um, and be done with it so I could, you know, get on with hanging out with my friends or whatever. But then I remember as I got older, like I remember taking the lawnmower out and I would stand at the edge of the yard and I would look at the, I would look at the backyard and I would, you know, just kind of have a conversation with myself. Okay. How do I want to cut it today? Like, which, which, where do I want to start? Like I actually, you know, I kind of evolved into taking pride in it and I would look at the work and say, all right, so I want this to look nice, you know, and and it was, it was just a part of you teaching me excellence and, you know, what I was doing. And, wow. you know, that was, um, that just was, you know, just, just kind of speaks to, you know, the influence that you had. I wanted it to look nice. I didn't want you to kind of come back and 
Because I remember a couple times when I first started doing yard work that you would have to come behind me and kind of fix certain spots and fix certain areas or whatever. And I didn't want that because I felt like if I can't do it, you know, I don't want somebody coming behind me to fix my fix what I'm doing. So I wanted to make sure it was done right. And you took pride in the house. You took pride in the way the house looked, the, the you know, the the front yard, the backyard. You know, we had you had the deck put in in the back. And it was just a big deal in the appearance. And so I, I wanted to yeah. make sure that, you know, okay, along with this, you know, that the yard is, you know, manicured in a way that, you know, it looks presentable all the time. And so that kind of bled into just about every area of my life um, because of, you know, those small lessons that I didn't understand at the time that, you know, it took me getting older to say, okay, so that's, now I get what he was trying to show me. You know yeah. what I mean? And oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, no, I don't think that I would change anything. I don't think that I would, you know, want you to do anything different. Um, you know, you were there. Uh, it was, um, it was a good, we, it was a good experience. It was a complete experience, I'll say, you know, growing up. And it just kind of showed me, you know, what was possible in, you know, my experience, even though it was, remarkably different than a lot of my friends. Um, I knew that it was possible. And I have some friends, you know, that uh, their dad was, you know, as as immersed in their lives as you were in ours. Uh, and uh -huh. so we can kind of relate to a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, the family support and the family structure is, is extremely crucial, especially a father to his children. It basically kind of you add a you add a you you starting at a deficit if you don't have that in life. Yes, yes, yes. And I definitely want to make sure you guys had that stability, family stability. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did a great job. Um, I'm I'm thankful for you know our relationship. We you know as even as I've gotten older uh, and the bond that we have now. Um, you know, just transitioning from not just, you know, being my dad, but being my friend. Yeah. And, you know, somebody that I can depend on. I know I can talk to you and, you know, and vice versa. So <clears throat> it makes all the difference. And um, it's the same thing that I'm doing with, with Carson and with McKenna. Um, because uh, it's just, you know, what was instilled in me. Um, and And just you know, that, that aspect of, you know, godly leadership in the home and, you know, traditions that we had, you know, we had those same traditions that you did growing up as far as making sure that we all ate around the table uh, <clears throat> as a family, you know, making sure that, you know, we had family prayer, you know, different things that, you know, you know, some of my friends at school would probably think like, man, you know, y'all did that, like, you know, something as simple as, you know, on Christmas morning, like we weren't, we weren't allowed to open our presents until after we had family prayer. That's right. And, you know, no it was almost like, open. yeah, no gifts were open. Like we had to, we had to give thanks, you know, for, and recognize what, what the, the holiday really meant before we could, you know, kind of indulge 
And as a kid, that was torture, man. You got this tree in front of you with all of these presents <laughs> under it. And it's like, okay, please don't do a long prayer so we can get into it. And it was just something that, you know, it was every year. Like we couldn't do, we couldn't do anything. And, you know, that's something that we do in my house. You know, we have prayer before we open up Christmas gifts. Yeah. And um, just, you know, different things like that. You know, we have, you know, family prayer time. and uh, That's very important. Yeah. Yep. And, you you know, different things you used to say. You used to always say a family that prays together stays together. These different little cliche uh, um, mottos that you used to have, you know, uh, used to say all the time, obedience is better than sacrifice when it came time to do something. Right. And, you know, I remember if there was a, a a job that you wanted us to do some some task around the house and you would make all of us, you, you would make the four of us get in on it. And we would ask you, I remember asking you, why do all of us have to do this? And you would say, because many hands make light work. And uh, so just different things that I remember, you know, as a kid, like how you, you, you know, used to look out for us and, you know, instill these little, you know, things into us um, that we, you know, at the time we didn't understand, but, you know, we knew, we, we now, we know now that it was right. Um, And so Valerie laughs at me when I tell her, you know, certain things about, you know, how um, you used to, you know, kind of do certain things for, for you know, for me and uh, me and the girls. Um, and, you know, we could tell that, you know, um, you, you were never like, you know, you guys, you and mom, you guys loved on us. It was never like, we never felt like we were um, an interruption in your, in you, in your lives. We never felt like a burden. We never felt like we were in the way, um, and you guys did a great job of, you know, just kind of making us feel wanted and feeling involved um, in what was happening in the family. And so, um, yeah, we've I'll, always been involved in uh, you guys' life. You know, uh, even when you went away to college, mm-hmm. you know, I remember. Uh, your uh, college mates, uh, knowing us, we would come and visit you and, and talk mm-hmm. to you. You know, I got to know a lot of them, and uh, they had a lot of respect for your mom and I. Mm-hmm. Same way with the girls, you know, we would go and visit them and, and get to know their uh, college mates. You know, we've always been uh, involved. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Just so people can see the, the support. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was definitely, definitely there. So, so last question that um, that I'm asking everybody, and I'll get you out of here on this question. Okay. What does Father's Day mean to you? Father's Day to me means a time to get together and reflect, celebrate your dad while you have him with you. My dad is gone, but I think of him a lot, mm-hmm. and we were, we were close in our own way. Right. And I miss him a lot, you know, just like this holiday, you know, I'll miss him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
just to re- to reflect and 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 love on your father. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very important and to appreciate him because I won't always be here, Kevin. Yeah. You know, I won't always be here, but I'm glad I, I I'm glad we have each other now, and I love you, son. Yeah, I love you too. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, so I appreciate you for doing this. I appreciate you for being the father that you've been, you know, for me, the influence and, um, yes, indeed. So thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Thank you for for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And, uh, I'll, uh, yep. I'll do my best and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Love you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye.